Greetings, friends. It's uh, Stephen Young and uh, Pastor Paul Bennett back with you for another episode of the Rocky River United Methodist Church podcast uh, in the, the midst of this uh, beautiful month of July and uh, still missing you all terribly and, and the uh, many opportunities we we had uh, in the past, as strange as that sounds, to, to be together in, in person. And uh, there are a few of those creeping back into our, our uh, church life, um, but uh, we still are are plugging along with the podcast, knowing that we can at least connect with you on some level and, and continue our journey of, of uh, faith in this manner. And uh, so we begin a new series. I'll let uh, Stephen uh, cue us in on where we're heading this week. Stephen? You got me when I was eating a jelly bean. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're glad to be back. And um, we are both on vacation last week. and um, and But we came up with some new ideas and we're really excited about I guess what the second half of the podcast of what the different ideas we have for the weeks coming up um, it's gonna be really exciting for this week we're gonna be talking about uh, actually doing a two-week series on media um, this first week is gonna be on more television media or streaming media now um, and then next week will be on social media and more internet focused um, so the first question we're gonna start off with is um, how do you determine what media is appropriate and or healthy for you as a Christian? And how do you hold yourself accountable to not crossing this line? Um, so taking this first question, this question that interests me because I know growing up in the church and speaking to Christians about media, um, I think there tends to be a sense of defensiveness whenever it comes to talking about what kind of media or entertainment we take in. And when I say media, I mean television, um, music, uh, movies. Uh, media is, is pretty broad. Um, like I said, next week we'll talk about social media, but this week is more, more of your traditional media outlets um, and streaming, Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all the different streaming networks there are. Um, but there always seems to be, be a sense of defensiveness a little bit when it comes to talking about what media is appropriate for Christians. And, and, that, and that's, that's because the Bible really doesn't say, you thou shall watch this or thou shouldn't watch this. Um, the Bible doesn't say, because the Bible didn't know what kind of television shows would be out now. Um, but the Bible really doesn't give this sense of, this is what you should or shouldn't watch. But what the Bible does um, say, though, it does give us guiding principles that I believe we can apply to what we watch and listen to. Um, and by guiding principles, guiding principles are different than commandments. So commandments are like this is what you or should you should should do or shouldn't do. Or principles are kind of like giving you that wisdom, discretion, discretion, and the ability to make the choice that that you feel is most faithful to your relationship with God. So that's what kind of, that's what I mean by principles. So I do think the Bible gives us principles and how to understand um, what media is appropriate um, for us, for that you may, you find appropriate to watching. Um, the first verse I would go to is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I think this verse gives very 
good guidelines to how how we are to think and what are we to think on um, things that are noble, right, pure, true, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Um, <laughs> and as I read through this verse, it's kind of like, what kind of media is all of that at one time? <laughs> um, but I think it gives us what this verse really is saying is that the things that we think about or the things that we think on or the things that we allow in our mind have an effect. And um, I would say Paul is, is saying, be aware of what you're thinking, your thoughts. And, and I think in First or Second Corinthians, Paul writes that we need to take captive of our thoughts, thoughts that can cause us to doubt or thoughts that can cause us to um, lead us to sin. Um, so in this, in this verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, um, these are principles of what do we, what should we think on. Um, and then I have two verses that um, Jesus speaks on in Matthew. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, this might seem a little out of context of why I would choose this verse, um, but um, what this verse is saying is that what we see ha- can affect um, what, what Jesus is saying, that you commit adultery in your heart, or what you see can be coveted in your heart. And I think that goes more than just adultery or more than just um, sexual images, but it can go to, like, you can see something and you can feel jealousy towards that or greed towards that that goes towards your heart. Um, and I think it's really important what we present before our eyes And this is why Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, um, Jesus says, again, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So in other words, it goes back to, again, to that founding principle of Jesus saying, what your eyes watch um, dictates it kind of feeds into almost like you can imagine your eyes as, as if they were a mouth and your eyes are consuming things continually and as your eye consumes it your body your mind your heart they take it in and then it's like it come just like food if you eat a bunch of candy like I was eating jelly beans if I ate jelly beans all the time my body would not be in a healthy condition um, the same with our eyes if we allow our eyes to take in content that is not good or content that doesn't align with what scripture says or different principles that you have for for growing your faith it can deteriorate our faith and really weaken it um, because of what we're listening to or what we're watching so we need to be conscious and aware um and then finally i say i say this i don't believe that um we all need to be watching christian-based content and to be honest i'm not i I like christian-based content but it's not always the best um in terms of like um, product value or like the <laughs> minute might look a little cheesy. Um, so I'm not saying that we all need to go watch Christian content, but I do believe based on the verses I just mentioned and others that we must be very conscious about what we are allowing in our minds and our hearts. Um, I certainly believe that what we watch and what we listen to has an effect on how we see life. Like I hold myself accountable by checking ratings and reading about the content before I get myself too invested in it. Um, I want to be able to watch things that don't make me feel like I'm compromising my faith simply to be entertained. Um, 
and above and above all it's using wisdom and discretion even prayer and allowing the holy spirit also to dictate should you really be watching this um and we should never again we should never watch anything without having a filter of christ before our thoughts um filtering what we know of god's word through what we're seeing so like having god's word before us having the spirit of christ before us and allowing everything that we see to be filtered through that Um, because i believe if we have no filter it can be very dangerous or damaging to our thoughts and to our actions Um, so i I believe that and we're all going to have different filters we're all going to have um, different content that we can take in that others may not. And, and I think this is why when it comes to entertainment, it's such a sticky subject because people are in different places. So what do you think about Paul and that question? Well, uh, Stephen, this is a, uh, this is a enjoyable topic for me. I think it's something <laughs> yeah. that we don't talk nearly enough about and, uh, laid a good foundation for us. Um, I think I, I tend to do, uh, with this topic, probably what I do with just about every topic, I, I overthink it and overanalyze it. So you'll see that in my, in my response here. Um, but, uh, the, the basis of everything we're talking about here to me, um, is this concept that we are called to not just accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, but to, to mimic him, uh, to mimic his holiness and his purity. Uh, Leviticus 11, uh, talks about, how we are called to be holy, uh, God says, as I am holy. And then that same phrase is repeated in First Peter 1, um, where Peter references it just a, as a, a repeat reinforcement in New Testament context. So, uh, you know, how do we go about being holy? Um, you know, step one, I think, and the most important step is, is to just be in relationship with Jesus Christ uh, and naturally over the course of our daily interactions with and, and listening to God uh, in our lives, uh, we'll be drawn into um, holy places and, and holier thoughts and actions. Um, Paul says uh, in Philippians 4.8, Stephen already read this, uh, about <clears throat> these things that are honorable, just, pure, lovely, uh, that these are the things we're supposed to think about. Um, so, this concept that to be holy, we have to monitor what we're putting into our bodies uh, because what we put in impacts then uh, what happens with our heart, with our minds, and then what is, is pumped right back out. Um, and I think we, we temper this, first of all, just to be 100% accurate with the concept that what we put in isn't, isn't uh, the, the sin itself or the problem uh, directly. Um, in Matthew 15, Jesus has this little conflict with the Pharisees where they're getting all up in arms because he's letting his disciples uh, sit down and, and eat without washing their hands first. It wasn't a, a sanitary thing. It was um, because washing your hands was a, a, ritual, a religious ritual to uh, cleanse yourself before a meal. And Jesus was letting his disciples be you know, religiously impure. Uh, his response to the Pharisees, though, was it's, it's not what you put in your, your body. It's not having a little dirt on your hand uh, is not going to hurt you. It's uh, what happens when you put something impure in your body and it allows uh, something um, unhealthy to occur within you and then to come back out of you on the other side. Um, so <clears throat> this concept is uh, that we need to, to be holy and, and what we put into our hearts and our minds uh, matters to, the, to that extent. So how do we decide what's okay and, and what's not? The, the question of the, the moment. 
Well, first, the easy part. To me, if, if something that we're exposing ourselves to, a, a show, video, a uh, movie, um, has significant content that stands in, in opposition to what God would have us uh, expose ourselves to, and it offers nothing positive, nothing virtuous uh, to, to balance that out, then this needs to be a no-brainer. So there needs to be a very clear black and white, you know, certain things that we just steer clear from. And we cannot, um, as much as we might be tempted to, we can't justify these things away um, just because we want to be watching something that everybody else is watching or watching something that looks exciting and uh, say, well, it's okay because, you know, in episode seven, they quote a Bible verse, so it makes it a good show. Or, or in episode nine, the, the good guy or the bad guy has a, a change of heart. And uh, so there's something positive. You know, we, we want to stretch uh, things and, and justify our own lousy behavior, but we can't, you know, straight up play dumb in order to do that. So there needs to be a clear line uh, that, that all of us as Christians do not cross. Uh, but what about the stuff, you might ask, that has a mix of both? Maybe it has some, some of that unhealthy material, but it also mixes in some uh, things with, with good values and, and inspirational content uh, within. <clears throat> uh, for example, if it's healthy, there's a, a movie... I often use when I'm having this dialogue with people um, <clears throat> from you know my teenage years uh, called American History X came out like 20 years ago and um, I, I use this as an example because uh, when it comes to you know all of the, the bad things that you don't want to see in a movie as a, a Christian uh, this movie checks virtually all the boxes it has all those things uh, that are certainly unhealthy and, and not good for us to expose ourselves to but all of that stuff is, is uh, interwoven within a story that has a very powerful message about uh, overcoming hatred and, and racial prejudice. So uh, then my question for myself becomes, how do, I, how do I deal with the movie or maybe a song or a show uh, like this? And so uh, a few things to consider. For one, I ask myself, is the, the unhealthy or the graphic content in this show or movie, is it necessary? Uh, what do I mean by this? It, to create uh, a movie, say, about the horrors of war, well, you obviously have to show the horrors of war in order to, uh, to help your audience connect with it. To tell a story about somebody who uh, went through a great transformation. Maybe they were very uh, ugly, uh, disrespectful, kind of pretty lousy person at the beginning. And they, they have a complete transformation and come out as a, a beautiful, uh, maybe even a, a follower of Christ at the end. You have to be able to show the ugliness at the beginning to be able to contrast that with the, the beauty that comes later in the show. So sometimes it's necessary. Uh, the movie Schindler's List, you know, there's so many things in, in that uh, movie. Those of us who have watched it, who we feel like we wish we could unsee because they're so uh, horrific. But guess what? It, it was a depiction of real life, and sometimes real life is graphic. And it's important when we're trying to depict those things that we're not watering them down uh, so much so that, that reality loses uh, the horror that we need to remain connected to uh, to be able to learn what we need to learn. So um, is the content, is it necessary, at least on some degree or in some sense of the word, for that to be in the show or movie. Uh, number two is, is simply know thyself. Uh, there's a lot of powerful movies out there and, and shows. Um, if you are somebody who is especially susceptible um, to you know, having things that you expose yourself to change how you think, how you feel, how you treat people, how you talk, 
um, then there are plenty of options out there. You don't have to put yourself in a situation where you're watching something or listening to something uh, that could be negatively impacting you. Um, so if that's you, then then err on the side of the caution of caution and, and just skip it. Um, if you're not sure and, and you're anxious about watching something because you, you think maybe it's not healthy for you, um, then either skip it or, or as Stephen mentioned, uh, pray about it. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. In fact, there's a lot of good things about having the, this conscious moment before you start watching something in which you acknowledge uh, the positive things, the reason why you're, you're trying to watch this or expose yourself to this show or movie, but also you surrender your concerns over to God and say, God, if I'm going to be exposed to something maybe not so healthy in this, then help me stay strong and, and uh, stay pure in the, the midst of it. Um, and so all of that being said, my personal twist on, on, on it is this, so kind of letting you behind the curtain here. I have a, a broad range of uh, preferences when it comes to music, when it comes to movies. Uh, but one of the struggles I've had in my life is I, for whatever reason, um, I've, I'm wired wrong or something, but I, I find myself uh, especially drawn to... to movies and shows and, and songs that are emotionally intense. Like I like the things that I expose myself to to, to take me on this incredible like emotional roller coaster in which I'm, I'm challenged to think or, or feel things on a more intense and, and more in-depth level. Uh, as you can imagine, it's led to me being sucked into uh, different um, maybe movies or being drawn to movies or, or shows. Uh, or types of music that, you know, the average, maybe uh, not to be cliche, but the, the Hallmark Channel, you know, watching Christian uh, wouldn't necessarily be attracted to. Um, and uh, I've learned enough about myself over the years that I can uh, feel like I'm, I'm watching and, and listening to certain things and, and the positive that I'm getting out of it because it, it impassions my uh, drive for uh, serving other people or my awareness of some of the ugliness in this world or my passion for uh, helping people who are going through difficult times because I'm seeing that ugliness depicted or hearing it, it uh, spoken of in music. Um, it impassions me and it actually compels me um, in a way that maybe it wouldn't somebody else. It would be a negative thing for them. And so I, I know myself well enough to know uh, what I can safely expose myself to and what I can't. Uh, so that's just a unique um, screwy thing about myself that you know maybe you didn't want to know but um, but we each approach this differently so how do I hold myself accountable uh, first of all we go back to having a healthy relationship with Jesus uh, that's a natural accountability system reality that we all have to have in place um, so that our conscience can do most of the work for us um, I think for me I, I make sure that I don't have my own like accounts for different things so that I can watch things and listen to things and nobody else can see what I'm doing and, and watching uh, because it's just not safe. I'd, I'd rather have that natural safeguard of sharing those accounts and other people seeing everything that I'm doing. And there are uh, programs or, or systems out there created specifically to help people if they want to be intentional about avoiding things. I had a friend once that uh, asked me if I would help him. Uh, he was trying to uh, be strong in his struggle against internet pornography. So he signed up for this program called Covenant Eyes. Everything that he did on the internet, I would receive an email that, that detailed every website he ever visited. And he wanted other people to see everything that he was doing so he would have that accountability. Uh, those things exist out there and we just needed to take advantage of them. 
Um, so once again, probably way overthought uh, that one. Um, but you know, once you get inside the the mind of uh, somebody, you find all those wrinkles uh, you didn't expect. Uh, question two, as we roll on uh, into our second of third of uh, three questions uh, in this session, is this: Does our need to remain relevant in our relationships with non-Christians factor into what media you expose yourself to? So um, I'm, I'm going to take a stab at this one first and then turn it over to Stephen. But the basic concept is, uh, do we need to, on some level, uh, expose ourselves to some things we otherwise wouldn't so that we can actually connect with people um, who we're trying to witness to uh, in life in, in some way, shape, or form? Um, the Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 9, he says this. He says, uh, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Uh, so we exist in, in uh, this relationship with God in which we are supposed to obey and, and serve him and, and love him, but we're also supposed, also supposed to share his love with other people and witness to that to, to other people. Um, so... The goal is hopefully just by uh, living the way God calls us to live, other people will be drawn into relationship with Jesus Christ. But what Paul is talking about here is sometimes we have to be intentional. We have to go out of our way to connect with people, uh, to share the message of the gospel with them. And um, most, most often and most effectively, this is going to be done through relationships. And if I'm trying to witness to my neighbor, for example, about uh, how much God loves them, uh, I'm not going to do so by coming up with some fancy sales pitch and hoping I can uh, weasel my way into their head and, and convince them of it. I'm going to do it through a relationship of, of trust and respect. And the Apostle Paul's uh, talking about here, kind of describing his way of going about this, that in those relationships that he creates uh, with others to witness to, uh, he tries to meet those people where they're at. So if that, that other person is a Jew, he's going to try and connect with them around their shared Jewishness. If uh, that person's a Gentile, he's going to try and connect with them around things that they have in common uh, around uh, being a Gentile. If they're a Roman guard, you know, back in the day, he'd try and talk to them about things a Roman guard would understand. Uh, if he were living today, they were a baseball fan, he'd talk to them about baseball, right? Um, he tries to. He would try to relate to people, meet them wherever they were at. So in order to do so, you have to be able to not just talk about Jesus, but you have to be able to talk about things the other person cares about, right? And talk about them and get to know them and their story, what they're all about. Um, and so if I'm a baseball fan, uh, it's easy. I talk to them about baseball if they're a baseball fan. If uh, they are and I'm not, guess what? I still have to be able to talk to them about baseball. So we have that in common. Uh, but what happens if the thing we have in, in uh, or the thing that they're passionate about is something that we're not comfortable with? It's, and that's the question we're, we're um, rising to here. What if the person I'm trying to, to share Jesus with is into like 
those you know risque harlequin romance novels right steven you know what i'm talking about no. uh that's good <laughs> so what if they're into those what if they're into like those comedy skits you know by those uh comedians that uh, stand up there and spew all sorts of vulgarity and obscenities in order to become all things to all people do we have to like get into that that stuff and, and make that a part of our uh day-to-day um you know, I, I don't know that there's a universal right or wrong answer to this question, but I tend to, to lean on the side of caution here. Uh, there's a song by Casting Crowns, you know, back in the day. It's called Slow Fade. Um, and the lyrics go, it's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white are turned to gray. And thoughts invade, choices are made, a price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. So, friends, we, we can't afford to mess around with this stuff. Satan will find a way in if we leave him but the smallest crack. So if it's up to me, I'm going to try and find another way to relate to this person before I start exposing myself to unhealthy things. Uh, if they want to talk to me about it, I'm all ears. I'm going to be the best listener they've ever encountered uh, so as to show that I care about them and what they care about. But I'm probably not going to check it out myself. Ultimately, it's a judgment call. And hopefully you have a good accountability system around you to protect you from slipping. Uh, but friends, at the end of the day, we don't need to tempt fate. We don't need to, to be messing around uh, with this stuff and exposing ourselves uh, to uh, Satan to come in and, and um, put us in places we don't need to be. So that's my, my take on it. Stephen, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, it was really good. So mine, what I'm going to say is going to be kind of close to that. So um, I believe our need to be, and I say quote-unquote relevant, because it's just being relevant is going to be different to each person you talk to, um, but our need to be relevant to non-Christians. Um, this means, again, that we don't want to compromise on what we believe, and it's kind of what Paul was saying. Um, we don't want to compromise on what we believe just so that we can be relevant. Um, I believe knowing and living out the Word of God will make you relevant to your neighbor um, simply because you can show love and compassion and forgiveness towards them, something that they're never going to see or hear on television, and hopefully break the stereotypes that Christians have on television or streaming or whatever media it is. Christians have a really, um, are usually not given, shown in good light, and I think we as believers um, can be relevant to our neighbors by breaking those stereotypes and being a caring, compassionate, loving, um, sympathetic person to others. Um, being re- relevance isn't the primary goal. Living out the gospel of Jesus Christ is, and that goes back to what Paul was saying about Paul, <laughs> um, and Paul living out being the different sorts of people um, being a Jew to the Jew, a Gentile to Gentile, and, and relating to other people. Um, I think his primary goal was living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, now, I do believe Christians um, shouldn't have their heads in the sand and, and not be aware of anything that is trending or shows that are being watched. As a matter of fact, I would encourage Christians to be aware of what's trending and what shows are being watched just because um, so many times those dictate um, the cultural's where the culture is going, or, or it kind of gives you indication of cultural thought pattern or behaviors or habits. Um, but there are ways of understanding content without um, engaging with it completely. 
So you can understand certain contact content without engaging with it completely. You can always read synopsis of shows, um, which I've done before. Um, you can read synopsis and they'll give you the kind of general gist of what the show is about. Um, again, that's a way to engage the content without completely um, being invested in it. There are also Christian organizations that will filter content for you. Um, and so I'm going to kind of um, really push. This is a really great site. Um, and the site's called Plugged In. So I would write that down called Plugged In. It's a great site. They, they filter through lots of different media. So they filter through music, television, movies, video games, apps. I mean, a lot of content. It's, it's really great for parents because... Um, the things that your kids can get, your things that your kids get on on the phone or watch on television, um, it's a great resource for parents. Um, but I also think it's a great resource for adults for understanding what they're watching or, or even before you go in a theater, um, you can understand what what are you going to be seeing. So the site's called Plugged In. Um, so this means that this means you can be relevant without taking in all the trash that is found in some of the media. Um, and like the site plugged in does reviews, um, and it has like, it breaks down each review into categories and it says positive elements, spiritual elements, sexual content, violent content, crude or profane language, drug or alcohol content, and more. So it breaks it all down to those categories. Um, so it gives, um, it helps Christians and others to be informed on decisions um, regarding on what we should watch or what we shouldn't watch. And even at the end of the reviews on that site, they still don't say you shouldn't or you should. They don't say you should not watch it. They say this is what the content is. This is what they're saying. This is the message um, that the content is trying to get across. Um, so I think that helps you to be relevant, but it also helps you to engage in content without being fully invested in it. Um, so I think resources like that that are available to us as Christians can really help us be engaging in the culture and understanding where our culture is going. Um, because to be honest, the media that our culture takes in um, really dictates a lot of what happens, the music, the movies, the television, the sports, the whatever. And we are, we are a very much uh, driven, our culture is very much driven by the media um, that we take in. It's a huge, 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 huge industry. Um, so I think it, for as Christians, it's good to be well-versed in, in what's going on. And then our last question um, is, how do you protect your kids from being exposed to inappropriate media while also ensuring they are not isolated from or ridiculed by their peers from being sheltered? Um, so I'm going to answer this one first simply because I have young kids and then Paul has old kids because he's old and <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah. So um, I'll jump on this one first is um, again, I feel this question could be answered similar to what I just said that like a site called plug the site plugged in allows you to see um, is a perfect way that you can understand the content before your child engages with it or if they're engaging with it you can see what this content's all about um, so using resources to filter through the media before we allow our children to watch or if they're already watching it, it helps us get a better understanding um, I think because one day our children will leave our house and be exposed to all sorts of media 
that we may not have allowed at home, but I, this is where it's important that I think as parents, as Christian parents, we need to have the filter of Christ taught to them as well. So it's teaching our kids how to filter media and not just media but filtering what their friends say or what their teachers say or what like everything they've taken in um, how do we filter that through christ through the lens of our faith through the lens of scripture is very important in teaching that um, that parents properly explain to their sons and daughter why we can't watch something that and i say this in quotation marks again that why we don't watch something that everyone is watching because truly not everyone is really watching it even though it may feel like that to your son or daughter um and speak of the higher calling that god calls us to um and god is not like a kill joy he's not trying the word the scripture of god is not trying to kill all our joy and all our fun i would actually argue um, that a relationship with god increases your joy increases increases fun um, when, when you have that relationship with God, um, but it's understanding that um, that what we can get from God, you cannot get from any television show or any any other sort of media. That God, what we is offered to us in God, that relationship with God, what's offered in that is greater than anything that media can offer us. Um, so explaining that to your kids and saying, this is why we don't watch it. This is why we don't allow it. Um, now, I know this is much easier to say from a mic, and, and, and I don't, right now, I don't have teenagers begging me what, that they want to watch something, so it's, it's easy to say right now, um, and it's a lot harder to um, put your foot down and, and walk that course. Um, and again, it goes to wisdom and discretion and being careful of what you allow your kids to watch. And, and I believe as long as my kids are under my roof, I have the responsibility to what they watch and listen to. So even my girls, four and two, um, they have little tablets and there's content on there. It's, it's not bad content, but it's content that maybe doesn't give the message that I want to give across or, or it's things that are just plain scary. Um, you know, kids are scared of skeletons at four. So, um, so I go into the tablet and I block um, content. And that's just, I feel like that's my responsibility as a parent um, to kind of protect my kids or guide my kids um, in what they watch. So, uh, and so again, it's giving kids a biblical filter, filter um, for them to understand what, what they can and cannot watch. Um, because I, I believe that we are all influenced, especially, too, when it comes to the kids, and Paul's going to talk about his kids, his older kids, but kids students and teenagers and young kids they're like sponges and they soak up media like crazy it's just incredible how kids have no real filters they just soak it up and they just believe it to be real they believe it to be reality they believe it to be all that they're living for it's just like even my part of my job as a youth pastor is, is to speak to or speak through some of that media and say this isn't true this may not be true because students kids kids my age as well just soak up entertainment and media like like sponges so it's important to to provide those filters and provide um, god's love and god's words of truth to be in the forefront of how we filter through what we allow our kids to see so paul and and your what about your kids 
<laughs> yeah, so you, now you get to hear from the ancient <laughs> the, old, the, the old wise one. Right. We'll let Stephen go back to his jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what young people are doing nowadays, right? Right. Uh-huh. So this is indeed like the question of the century, right? How do you protect your kids? Not just this century. I'm sure it's been every century, but um, but I, the the uh, yeah at the core of what Stephen shared was this this notion that this is our responsibility uh, to figure it out, no matter what it looks like for us as as parents, um, or even maybe play a role in this as grandparents as well. Uh, this is our responsibility, and whatever it takes to, to get it right, we need to be willing to do. Uh, as a parent of three teenagers, I'll start by simply saying, um, I, I've come to the conclusion it's virtually impossible to get this 100% right. Uh, we only have so much power, so much control. Uh, basically, what we're trying to do as parents is to try to protect our kids from being exposed to things earlier than they should be or more frequently than they should be. Uh, but ultimately, it's it's not something we're going to be able to 100% control. Um, but uh, the the essence behind this is, uh, and our responsibility for it is, as parents or as adults, the, the concept um, that we can know thyself and make our own decisions about what we expose ourselves uh, to is, is there. At least we're hopeful that that's the case for most adults, uh, mature Christians. But uh, for kids, they're not there yet. And so as parents, as protectors, um, we, it's our responsibility to play that role, to be their defensive systems until they're uh, ready to be able to make those choices for themselves. Uh, quite simply, nowadays, you, you really have to have like a degree in technology or like internet content filters, or I, I, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, it shows how naive I am uh, to be able to maneuver through all of this stuff, uh, especially when your kids get into uh, teenage years and they got all the, the electronics and devices. Uh, we're well past the days where you could, you know, just check under your kid's mattress uh, every other week and, and uh, know that they were 100% safe, right? Um, and what my wife and I have learned is even if we have uh, relatively a good control over what our kids are exposed to in our house, um, that doesn't mean that we're 100% safe because, you know, your kids have friends, right? So we've learned that if we tend to have stricter rules and expectations than um, other kids' parents do, then our kids just hang out at, at the other kids' houses and we just don't see them as much and they're, uh, they're doing whatever they want to do in those other homes. Uh, so it, it can be frustrating, can feel like a, a losing battle, um, but it doesn't uh, mean that we don't do the absolute best we can with it. Uh, a few concepts that I lean on. One is, is simply this, and I think this is the most important. The best way to uh, help somebody uh, protect them from being overcome by darkness, I think, is to, to plant a light within them. Um, we can't be their protectors forever. It's our job to uh, raise them in a way uh, where they have that light within them, where they have that conscience within them, that desire to make good decisions of their own accord, not because they're trying to avoid the wrath of mom and dad, but because they actually desire within their own heart uh, to make good and pure decisions uh, to please, yes, mom and dad, to please uh, God, we hope, uh, but also for themselves, to feel better about themselves. Um, part of this process is helping our kids understand, friends, uh, like it or not, as Christians, our families are going to have different values and standards than other families. 
Our kids are not going to want to hear that at times. They're not going to be big fans of that concept, uh, but it doesn't change the fact that it's reality. Their Christian identity must be cemented before any other part of their identity. Uh, secondly, it's very simply, put in the time to figure out how all this technology works. We can't use the excuse that we're naive. We, we don't get it. We got to figure it out. If your child's going to have access to a device, uh, then you better uh, make sure that you know just as much about it, if not more, than they do. And if you don't know how to set the content filters or whatever uh, for a device, then it doesn't enter your house until you know how to do it. Um, and that's okay to say that. It's okay to have those rules. Number three, um, this is going a different direction with it, but talk to your kids. Um, know your kids. Know what they're interested in. Don't let them be off on their own, doing their own thing, having their own interests, but share those with them. Just like Paul said, be all things to all people. Be all things to your kids. If they're into comic books, sit down and read comic books with them. If they're playing Minecraft every day on the computer or the Xbox, sit down and play it with them. If they're watching those goofy YouTube videos all the time by the the uh, YouTube stars of 2020, then sit down and, and watch with them. Uh, and a side note to this, uh, personally, I think headphones, uh, headphones, or there's another fancy name for headphones nowadays, Stephen. What is it? Uh, uh, earbuds, earbuds, headphones. Yeah. There's even something earbuds, else. Yeah. Uh, headphones to me are for the birds. I'd much rather hear what my kid is listening to. I don't care how annoying, how obnoxious I might feel it is. I'd much rather have them uh, playing it out loud in the room that I'm in than have them get into this habit of escaping into their own private, isolated world with their own content that nobody else knows uh, what they're doing, nobody else can hear it. I'd much rather hear it myself. Um, and if they can't listen to it or watch it with me in the room, then they probably shouldn't be exposing themselves to it at all. And finally, um, very simply, it's not just about the taboo things. It's not just about sex, drugs, violence, and, and bad words. Uh, there's so many things out there that are unhealthy for our kids that don't include any of those things. I'd much rather personally have my kids watching a, a movie with maybe a few swear words in it that actually has a positive message that can impact them and maybe even has some Christian values than have them watch a perfectly quote-unquote clean movie uh, that has nothing valuable or meaningful that they can glean from it. Uh, so make sure you're not just protecting your kids from the, the blood and cuts and bad words, but also ensuring that they're being exposed to things with positive messages and inspiring uh, Christian messages. And finally, part two of, of the question was, how do, we, um, how do we make sure that our kids aren't put in an awkward spot or bad spot by feeling like they're isolated, like they can't fit in with other kids uh, because of feeling so sheltered? Um, <clears throat> Well, friends, if we're not supposed to compromise our values as adults, let's let's set this straight first, uh, we're not going to allow our kids to do it either. Uh, we're not going to tell them in, in middle school that it's okay uh, to expose yourself to do all these things because the other kids are doing it, um, because we don't want them to feel uncomfortable. We don't want them to feel left out. We don't we don't certainly don't want them to feel left out, but the option uh, before us is not to uh, change who we are, to water down our faith, to do what we want to do in front of other people so that it's not awkward. You know, that's not the option. So what can you do? Uh, first off, make, make sure your kids aren't alone. Make sure they're not the only ones. Make sure you've done your due diligence as a Christian parent to uh, build friendships with other families that share the same values. 
uh, and principles so that your kids have those other kids they can turn to um, that are living with some of those same rules and standards uh, so they're not all by their lonesome. Um, and uh, secondly, if your kids, honestly, I, I've gone back and forth with this, but uh, you know, if your kids are, are all over the place with this, I'll say, if your kids are growing and maturing at a, a healthy rate and um, receiving Christian instruction and um, you know, they're in a healthy place, I don't feel like we have to withhold things uh, and make them wait till 10 years after all the other kids in the world have watched something. I don't think that is healthy or helpful to our kids at all. And in fact, I think sometimes it's more healthy to allow your kids to watch things that are appropriate for their age level, even according to society, as long as you do it with them or experience it with them. It's healthier to have watched it and to be able to talk about it and learn something from it than to maybe not even have watched it or uh, been exposed to it at all. Because uh, you can process it with them then through a, a Christian lens. Uh, so I think that's an important piece. And finally, uh, friends, your, your kids are capable of making friends and connecting with kids around things older than the most uh, recent show put on Showtime or the, the famous YouTuber that everybody's listening to right now. Uh, there are other ways to help your kids connect with people. So if you're not comfortable with them watching and listening to the current trends, then make sure they have hobbies. They're in the sports. They have activities uh, around which they can connect with and relate to other kids and build friendships around those. Um, your kids will be just fine. They'll be healthy. They'll, they'll make friends. They may tell you at times that, uh, and grumble that they're miserable or they can't have what everybody else has, um, but they will, I promise, turn out just fine if uh, you're making sure the foundation is properly laid. Um, so that's a, that's a wrap on uh, everything we have planned to cover today and uh, very deep in the weeds with some of it, but we hope it's helpful for you. Uh, know that Stephen and I, we're, we're sharing our opinions, we're sharing from our experiences, our observations. Uh, you don't have to agree with everything. Um, it's important as we have this relationship through the podcast that you understand that we're just putting our thoughts out there. Uh, we'd love to hear yours, so feel free to comment. We'd love to see you uh, in those uh, two service or services. We we currently have 8.30 and, and uh, 10 where we can actually see you on some level. I'd uh, love to hear how you're, you're experiencing the live stream still at 11.25. I'd love to connect via email or phone calls. Um, just uh, we're, we're encouraged to know that you're out there, you're staying engaged, and uh, thank you for following along with us. We'll come back uh, to you next week with episode number two. All right, take care, friends. Take care.